And hello again. This is Hello Haymarket. I'm your host, Daniel Nice. And today I brought on Asher Carr. Asher, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. It's an honor. So what we wanted to talk about today is the steps that need to happen between going under contract to purchase real estate and then actually getting to closing. We often refer to this as transaction management. This is one of the big jobs that realtors do. And as realtors start piling on more and more clients, it begins to be too much for any one person to juggle. So they start to bring on help. Other people on the team who are able to help manage that transaction. Because a lot of people think you just sign on the offer. Oh, good. It's my house now. Right. Wrong. Nope, nope. <laughs> There's going to be like another, whole uh, another month one, at least. two, three, four weeks maybe yep. more mm-hmm. of uh, dominoes that need to fall uh, before you can safely say this is my house. So right. Asher, thank you for joining us. Appreciate it. How did you get involved with transaction management? Got my license really for informational purpose up in Jersey, emerging from New Jersey, and then started just uh, exploring with KEW uh, some opera- on operations position, just given my financial, uh, financial operations experience. And uh, yeah, just got, got recruited down here with the team in DC. And uh, sorry if I said I say did some operation stuff there and I was a DOO and, at a smaller team and now I'm here doing transaction management. Transaction management is a whole thing, man. It's, it's, it's really, it's, it's a lot that goes into it. And yet at the end of the day, what for me was fulfilling is seeing that you know, the buyer or seller is, you know, they've accomplished their goals, the agent as well, uh, just getting their helping them get their get the job done. Yeah, I think a lot of people out there have this misconception, as I kind of alluded to at the beginning, that mm-hmm. uh, it's just a waiting game. Because yeah. from the perspective of the buyers and sellers, sometimes it feels that way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because they're not the ones with their, quote-unquote, hands in the dirt doing as many things. Sure. Um, so let's maybe go through a little bit of a short chronology to help people understand some of the things that may happen. Now, yeah. obviously, there's going to be more or less things depending mm. upon the individual uniqueness of a deal sure. right absolutely a- as an example when you have a house down in like spotsylvania um virginia mm-hmm. there's a good chance we're gonna have to do like a septic and a well inspection mm-hmm. whereas if we're in fairfax maybe not so much right yeah so th- there's a lot of different things so what when i first came onto the team uh, a way for us to really simplify the process and tracking deals as they go is what i call the anatomy of a transaction and it's like four, diff- depending on what side you're on, but it's really four to five different uh, phases of that. Uh, one is uh, ratified. So it's very, pretty much what it is. You get something ra- under contract, you're ratified as a buyer or seller. Get and, and can you actually pause and clarify what it means to be ratified? A ratified contract means that you have an agreement between as a client, either as a buyer or seller. You have an agreement with the other party and say, hey, this is a good deal. Let's move forward. And then they, it just pretty much outlines the different details from sales price when you're doing the settlement, uh, when the actual settlement date is, and EMD, all that, gotcha. all that so other stuff. So signed and delivered so contract. Signed and delivered contract, yeah. Awesome. So we take that delivered contract and... And uh, from a transaction management perspective, and we create the timeline of what uh, some of the major things are going to be, such as you know, home inspection, if it's contingent on that, uh, if there's mortgage on it, when the financing and the appraisal contingencies are due, uh, and if there's like a termite inspection they need. So little things like that, we'll open that up for everybody. Uh, once that is all processed, we go into our next phase, contingencies, which is essentially where all, uh, most of the deal is going to sit. Most of the deals that we get, they, they do have a home inspection uh, in their uh, finance appraisal contingencies. A lot of them do have a conventional mortgage of, of, of somewhat. And uh, we just track that to make sure every week we check with the lender, say, hey, hey, what's the status of the financing or in the appraisal? Is there appraisal in? Is it at value and stuff like that? Yeah. 
Um, if a home inspection, if something comes back that needs to get repaired, then that's that's pretty much the time where we figured that out, do some extra negotiations. Gotcha. So, so just to pause on that for a moment. So that mm-hmm. it, we're talking about all the different contingencies that may be attached mm-hmm. to the contract. In a nutshell, what would you say a contingency is for anyone out there who's not as well-versed? Yeah, contingency is pretty much to get a deal to the table, or you're going to gr- agree upon certain things that have to take place for you to say, okay, let's move forward during the transaction. Yeah. So a home inspection contingency, the most common is if you say you want to do a home inspection within usually like a week or four, 14 days from the ratified date, uh, you have 14 days to get a home inspector to go into the home, make sure everything is pretty much up to date or and are in good con- working condition. If not, uh, then that's the time for your agent to negotiate on your behalf to figure out what repairs need to get done. Uh, if you're on the buy side, what repairs need to get done and the seller would uh, usually have to cover that through a credit or actually get the repair done uh, before closing and then you do a, like a quick reinspection make sure everything's good yeah so yeah, absolutely yeah. so basically the way i would often uh describe this to a client as well as i call these like the only ifs mm-hmm. only <laughs> like ifs. i'm gonna buy yeah. this house only, only if, if i like mm-hmm. how the inspection goes or right i'm gonna buy this house only if i get right. the financing right exactly yeah because <laughs> yeah. not always 100 percent, especially with the financing right so. so these are just different ways for a buyer to protect him him or herself exactly okay yeah. so what's after that so after that after contingencies uh we go into the clear to close phase and again most of the deals have have mortgage attached to it. So we use a clear to close from the lenders, meaning that they've got, they're conditionally approved, the financing came through, appraisal, if that's attached, uh, came in as is and we're all good. That's our signal to uh, go into the clear to close phase and then we just kind of just tidy things up. Uh, we just settle up the whatever the time slot and location that the buyer needs to do for settlement. On the agent side, we ask if you guys want, you know, reviews from the client or, or even the selling agent. Uh, and then just really just final things, final walkthrough and stuff like that. So uh, that's just kind of like a week, really a week up before. And uh, we just, you know, get the client excited. Like, hey, you're about to close on this thing soon. Here are some final details. And, uh, you know, just get ready to be a homeowner or cash in on your home. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So then let's go back on that chronology and start from the top and kind of work our way through some of the, the headaches that might happen, right? Yeah. Why it might be helpful to have either a transaction uh, coordinator with you or, mm-hmm. or an agent who's actually well-versed in this part of the process. Because this is mm-hmm. often where we drop the ball. Yeah. Not every deal that gets ratified gets closed. No. Right? Oftentimes there are... Uh, people are not paying attention to the dates. They're not paying attention to uh, getting proper permission in mm-hmm. order to actually gain access to the house, right. right? Even though it says in the contract that you're allowed to get in there, mm-hmm. if that center lock lockbox is opening mm-hmm. <laughs> and we the listing no agent idea. didn't know who opened right. it, right? Uh, they're getting a little notification on their phone going, hey, who's in my house? Right, yeah, <laughs> like what's going on here? Yeah, so um, so I guess starting from the beginning, we just got a ratified contract to come across your desk, mm-hmm. right? Sign and delivered. Mm-hmm. What do you do first? So sign and delivered, uh, once we get the contract, we, uh, so I have a teammate, Claire, uh, she, she's incredible. She has like 10 plus experience in, in this. Um, and we pretty much work together and just getting the details together. Uh, we look for the, just the main highlights. So price, sale, whatever the sales price is, the EMD, when the settlement uh, date is supposed to be, when the contingency deadlines are, uh, and then anything kind of special, like if there's a post occupancy, so a rent back, meaning that the seller of the home is staying past settlement date 
um, no older things like that we track. Gotcha. And so we, you're pulling out all the deadlines. Yeah, we're out of the contract. Yeah, we're checking out all the and deadlines. And you're trying to yep. put those front and center yep. in front of not just the agent. Yeah, everybody. Pretty busy, but yeah, everybody. Everybody. Get everyone on the same page. Yeah, and everyone includes uh, the title company. So we have a you know title rep, uh, the lender if there if there's one involved, and then the client as well. So. What would you say is usually the first deadline that gets hit? Uh, EMD. EMD. Yeah, it earns money deposit. Uh, it's pretty much like a, a sign of good faith that you're going to commit to you know, the property and the deal. And so that's typically within a week. Uh, the deadline's within a week, three to five days to actually get that to usually at title. Um, they'll hold it and open escrow for you. Uh, but again, that that's just really a sign that you're you're committed to purchasing the home and making now, sure. I feel like done. that is an easily overlooked deadline, right? Mm. But that's important. Whether you're it the is. buyer or the seller, if you're the buyer, you don't want to accidentally default right. <laughs> on the contract in mm-hmm. trouble uh, because you missed a deadline that right. was so easy to hit. Right. Uh, but it can sneak up on you really fast, right? Especially because and back me up on this if you think I'm wrong, but title companies only work weekdays. <laughs> yeah, they do. And and a lot of the dates that are, the deadlines that are set there, we do calendar you. We don't necessarily count if there's going to be a holiday. Obviously, like major holidays, it makes sense. But for safety and to just help to get the deal going along, we uh, we do just calendar days. So if it's if it, the date is, happens to be on a Sunday, the thing is due, we're going to put the Sunday. Yeah. Um, obviously, the bank is closed and stuff like that but the whole point is getting that done uh, ahead of time so you don't have to default on such a silly thing for yeah, uh, for the deal for so. sure and then from the perspective of the seller you definitely want to be paying attention to this you mm-hmm. want to make sure that that buyer has skin in the game right because it, it's a totally different ball game to talk to a title company about getting your due mm-hmm. right if mm-hmm. you're trying to lay a claim on that uh, earnest money in the event of a default sure. versus trying to go after someone who never even made the deposit right right <laughs> that's a totally different level of leverage absolutely right because we all know that, yeah, you could litigate things, mm-hmm. but litigating it requires paying for a lawyer's right. time, mm-hmm. right? And who actually is willing to go that extra step? Some people are very litigious, litigious other people are not. So mm-hmm. just understanding how people are actually incentivized to behave, right. that first deadline is, is pretty key, especially from the listing side. Absolutely. So what's the next one you typically run into? It was that, and then uh, it would typically be the... The home, the home inspection, if there is one yeah. on there. On average, we see like seven days, 14 days uh, from the ratified to get that done. Representing the buyer side, we, uh, you know, we, we schedule that out as soon as possible. Uh, sometimes, you know, depending on who you're working with, inspectors can be booked uh, fairly quickly. So, yeah. and inspections take, you know, up to like three hours to do. So you want to get them, you want to get them to the property as soon as you possibly can. And not only that, but a big headache often for transaction management is coordinating. Yeah. <laughs> coordinating between all the parties that might need to be either informed mm-hmm. or in attendance. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Uh, so who typically attends a home inspection? On the buy side, the buyers all like to be there uh, mm-hmm. most of the time. And then they're with their agent as well. So they can actually get access in there. Uh, and then what's really cool and my experience that what I've heard is that you know, the home inspectors will always you know, kind of ed- educate the client uh, yep. during the home inspection so they get an, an idea of what they're looking at. And if there is kind of something that is not necessarily an urgent thing to fix, but something to look at yep. later on, they'll, they yeah. have that knowledge. So. And, and sometimes the property that's being inspected is occupied. Right. So yeah. that's another so layer. So you got it. There's right? a whole and, layer of and communication. And sometimes it's occupied mm-hmm. by a tenant mm-hmm. and not even the owner. Right. Which means you could potentially be trying to coordinate between the seller, mm-hmm. the tenant, mm-hmm. the listing agent, the buyer's agent, 
the home inspector, the buyer, mm. and if the buyer has any family. <laughs> right, yeah. Oh, and that's always a fun day. It could be up to seven people who are trying to line up their schedules right. within the time limit that was set forth in the contract. In the contract, yeah. Right? So, yeah, we do all no that. pressure. Yeah, we, we, we do all that in first day. We always, we always be asking the agents if it's an occupied yep. property or not. Uh, we go out to the listing agent and be like, hey, uh, what are some times that work for you and your client? Or, you know, is, if it is vacant, just letting them know, hey, we got the schedule, just confirm. Yeah. And then we have, and then we just move things around if needed. So, And every now and then, one of those seven people will come back and say, oh, I thought two o'clock worked, but it yeah. doesn't. And then yeah. you got to try to try to redo it. the whole thing. And <laughs> I tell you, man, that's why we do this early. Like a lot of our st- communications we do very early on um, yeah just so we can get that uh, agility to make mm-hmm. those make those fixes um, but yeah at the end of the day you no know, nothing's always perfect and you know we just gotta just do what we can for the agent and for the client yeah so. but I would say that's probably I mean correct me if I'm wrong but it feels like the most stressful of all the different time sensitive it can things. be yeah yeah, because yeah. it's so early in the process for us like once that's out the way you're like all right cool the rest okay. of it is pretty much easy but is yeah, there anything else be. that compares with that Maybe financing, oh gosh, <laughs> getting financing. that clear to close lent, uh, letter from the lender. Yeah, um, yeah, getting the, getting the financing and the appraisal in because you now they have to send someone out to the property at some point. So mm-hmm. sometimes we don't know or or it's just missed from the other agent. Like, hey, by the way, your appraiser is going to be out there. I'm like, oh, great. When we're when we're on the listing side, so I'm like, thanks for letting me know the day of. You know, so. Yeah. Uh, but it's saying, if it's vacant, it's fine. If it's not, then obviously there's issues. So maybe let's yeah. talk about the financing and the uh, appraisal contingencies. Yeah. Right. So how do you approach those? Yeah. So early on, uh, like we'll set we'll set up an email thread to the lender um, asking, hey, this, you know, what's the status for the week on the financing and appraisal? And usually within that first week, uh, they just get finalized and some some basic paperwork, and they're getting the appraisal ordered and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you don't really hear much, not much change until like two or three weeks in when the appraisal mm-hmm. is back and then the the conditional approval meaning that if you're a buyer uh the client is approved for that financing but there are certain conditions they still have to meet prior to uh settlement yeah. uh we, we get that like toward toward middle of the middle of the whole thing so two three weeks yeah. in but yeah we're always on a weekly basis in contact with the lender just making sure like, yeah hey, where yeah. We're at. it's important for everybody involved right because yeah. the buyer doesn't want to default because they're uh, lending fell through right and the seller wants to make sure they're getting paid right in full and on time right right yeah so definitely communicating with that lender is a big deal and probably the one that happens first I imagine is appraisal comes appraisal first is usually and then, the first one, and then yeah. the financing would come second right yeah. so let's talk about appraisal what mm-hmm. if it comes back at or above contract price we're all happy mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. what happens if it comes back low comes back low i mean the agents are going to have to negotiate that that difference and, and how that's going to be covered or just yeah. bring down the, the sales price from the original contract you yeah. know a lot of which is a, a massive skill as an agent is to have that negotiation and to be like hey this is you know take what the evidence there here this is what's happening if we're going to close the thing together then a b or c has got to happen so yeah um but yeah the, usually a difference has to get covered in some way shape or form yeah and it's one of those things where if you've never done a real estate transaction before uh again you can just miss the deadlines because you don't have forever to do this you don't have until the last minute you actually only have Mm -hmm. until whatever the contract says right 
And like a typical turnaround time for like a conventional appraisal mm-hmm. might be what two weeks, yeah, three two weeks. weeks about if two it's three a weeks. if it's a VA loan, mm-hmm. right? It might be longer, three weeks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but you got to be on top of those and make sure that the lenders actually ordered it. Yeah, right. I've I've heard of scenarios where nobody even told the lender that they were under contract. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, and so then they that miss happens. all the deadlines because the lender didn't know to order the appraisal. Yeah, that happens. So communication's big deal. It's a it's a massive deal, and especially with all the other third parties like title and lenders, like they have from the beginning, they got to know like what's happening so they can do their process. Yeah. I mean, we we've had a deal where we had to delay it because title found something the last the week it was supposed to close. They found something that they they for some reason couldn't get. Um, early yeah. on and then that pushed the whole thing so uh, the whole thing there is just to make sure everyone's is on the same page from day one so it, who, are, who are the people that need to get notified day one hey this thing is signed sealed delivered ratified who who is it yeah so outside of the actual agent office uh, title or settlement company uh, mm-hmm. they're the ones that are going to you know look up the title make sure that the property ha- doesn't have any other mortgages or anything crazy like that and sometimes they would actually handle the settlement piece as well and get, get everyone scheduled there. Uh, we got the lender uh, making mm-hmm. sure that the financing is, you know, they have, they're obviously pre-approved and then, then they have to go th- through that process to make sure they yeah. get the full financing. And, and it's so important actually to pause you right there mm-hmm. because there is a difference between being pre-approved mm-hmm. and getting the clear to close. Right. Right, because the pre-approval is basically based off of the information they were given mm-hmm. up front, mm-hmm. but all that needs to be confirmed. Yeah. Right. And so they are looking over your shoulder to make sure, hey, did you quit your job? Right. Yeah. <laughs> hey, did you actually make less money than you said you made? Right. Hey, uh, did you uh, fool around and buy a car last week? Right. Right. Yeah. Like there's so many things that can prevent the financing that was promised mm-hmm. from actually coming true. Yeah. And that's why we have this uh, this deadline in the contract of, hey, deliver us the clear to close. It's mm-hmm. great that you handed the seller a pre-approval, mm-hmm. but the seller wants to know as soon committed. as possible, mm-hmm. is this actually happening? Right. Yeah. It, that, that's definitely a big thing. When I was in ISA, I brought a lead into an agent. They got pre-approved and everything. And then when it came to the two days before closing, the financing fell through. Fell through. Yeah. It was just financing. Yeah. So probably and, everything else was fine. there's so many things that it's can crazy. happen to cause that, mm-hmm. right? In fact, this brings up another point. It's not just about communication, but mm-hmm. it's also about how much money is this buyer ponying up yeah. before you get to settlement? Because mm-hmm. a lot of people think it's only the earnest money deposit. That's yeah, no, not true. There's, there's way more. There's actually, there's I can think costs. of at least four. Yeah. I can think of at least four things that happen whether or not you close on the house, mm-hmm. right? So the mm-hmm. first one's EMD. Mm-hmm. What else might get paid for in advance? Definitely inspections. The inspector could, wants to get yeah, paid for his time. Paid, yep, you want to be pay for that. Um, yep. If you have termite, you know, you could pay for that up front or sometimes I can... Um, get settled at closing. So the inspectors, what, 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 appraiser, appraiser gets the appraiser paid. gets paid for his. They get time. paid regardless of what happens to so the deal. Yeah, so got to get that. The last clause. one is actually that I'm thinking of is the lender. Go ahead. The, the lender, lender yes. gives you a rate lock. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You're not going to pay. You're not going to be on the hook for everything if the loan doesn't close. But right. if you pay for a rate lock. Mm-hmm. Th- that that's that's coming out of your pocket. Yeah. Am I right or am yeah. I wrong? Do we need no, to double check that? No, I think no. You're you're right. You're right. Uh, and and it's interesting. We had a deal that had to get extended, but because we had to change the date um, on the settlement, there was an extra charge on to because right. of that rate because lock. Because of the rate thing. lock, and yeah. that can be really expensive depending upon yeah. how much rates change. Yeah, I think yeah. that one was up to like twenty one hundred or something. I had a deal. Last mm-hmm. year, where there was a massive title problem huh. on a new construction property, and the rate lock mm-hmm. that 
how much it would have cost to rate lock this thing mm-hmm. to the to the proposed extended closing date mm-hmm. was like over 70 grand yeah that's crazy it's ridiculous it's a whole there's a whole small house right there so <laughs> that can be massive so it's so critical to pay attention to these deadlines yeah. now this was a new construction so like mm-hmm. The time that they started the rate lock to the mm-hmm. time when it was due is six months. Mm-hmm. So a lot can change. Right. Right. So that's just one more reason why it's so important to have these contingencies in place. Absolutely. It's a lot. It's a <laughs> it's lot. lot. It's you guys a lot. Think you could just sign on and say, yeah, I'm a homeowner. Yep. Nope. 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 There's nope. all there's, this happens. There's and a you lot don't, that's going on. Nine times out of ten, they're just sitting there. They're just kind of just sitting yeah. there waiting. And you mentioned the termite inspection. Yeah. Who mandates that? I know it's in the contract, but mm-hmm. why would someone bother to have that? So usually um, it, it's good to get a termite inspection because, you know, sometimes, especially with properties that have wood, wooden structures over time, bugs can get termites and get in there. And mm-hmm. usually it's really just an extra layer of protection for your investment. And so typically it is an expense on a buyer. Uh, we, we order it for them and then mm-hmm. they go in, it's like a 30 minute or less type of inspection. Um, but they, they tell us, they'll send us a report, hey, we found sub, subterranean or whatever, carpenter, bees. carpenter <laughs> bees and stuff like that. They don't even have to be alive. They could just be evidence, hey, we found dead bugs right. here. Which means you got to treat. Yeah, so you got to treat it. And treatment can go up to like, I think the highest I've seen is like 500 or something yeah. that we just did recently. Um, well, a lot of so. people don't realize is if you're financing this loan, mm-hmm. you actually do have to treat. You have to do because it. Because otherwise the lender's not financing that nope. loan. Nope. They want to make sure that this house is not falling down <laughs> yeah same thing and another thing it's actually my video today i posted uh well water in- inspections uh yeah. especially if you have a va loan in particular it sticks with me because when i started doing transaction management with mm-hmm. my last team every deal had a va loan and every property had a well on it yep. and so with the uh, vas and well inspections um the va lenders require you to get a yeah. water well inspection yeah um, and do all the tests and stuff. So, and, and, and there's just a hundred little details like that where depending upon the type of loan you have, mm-hmm. the lender may or may not be paying attention to what's really happening. Right, right. And so the time when they're going to raise their hand and say, uh-uh, no, mm-hmm. you need to do X, Y, Z, might be like a minute before it's due. Right. Right. Well, I hope you work with a good lender who's watching your back, but yeah. they got a bunch of deals that they got to pay attention to. Right, who's, yeah. who's carefully watching your deal, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. it should should be your agent, but also having someone on transaction management who's actually paying attention to this and being like, hey, because this is a VA loan, right. We have to fix this part mm-hmm. in addition, and mm-hmm. we have to make sure that who oh who pays for it? Who's paying for it? Because yeah. you could have a, a contract mm-hmm. that says the buyer's paying for X, Y, and Z, but it doesn't right. mean anything. It's going to have to get shifted over to the seller right. if it falls under certain certain things, certain things for a VA yeah. loan, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. We, we, we had a thing like that. <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, what is the lender doing? I'm like, why did you tell us about this inspection? <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, we were able to get it done. And, yeah, and we time. got it done. We had to but scramble. It was just like, why did he not say anything, at least to you um, yeah, or me, up front. Uh, up front from the beginning? You know, so it's, yeah, it's just little things like that. We're always like, in a way, paranoid to just make sure that yep. we have everything we need so we can Hence get it done. all the communication up front. Yep. Right. We've got our buyer under mm-hmm. contract let's say mm-hmm. he made his earnest money deposit mm-hmm. he paid for the inspection we got past that deadline that went well mm-hmm. we paid for the appraisal got past that went well paid for the rate lock mm-hmm. we got to the clear to close mm-hmm. what could happen at the last minute you buy a car <laughs> you buy a car or you you take out a new cre- line of credit for whatever reason at tj maxx 
Um, I'm actually thinking worse than that. You get to uh, the house, you do your last minute walkthrough, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then I have to end up calling you and be like, hey, Asher, we got a problem. The HVAC's dead. Oh, man. Or the basement's flooded. Yeah. Or there's a new hole in the wall that wasn't here yesterday. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and now what happens? Oh, man. I mean, you gotta you gotta want to close this thing at this point. <laughs> like you, you just gotta want to. So that's definitely that has to get communicated to to my team, and then we'll uh, reach out or or even the agent sometimes reaches out to the other side directly. Like, hey, this is happening. Like, we found this, we found that. Like, how are we gonna do this? Uh, and it really, again, the negotiations come in uh, come into play here. So you can 100%. either yeah. So the first thing, the easiest thing, you just kill the deal. Like, or depending on how your client's feeling, like just kill the deal. Like, no, I don't want. Like, I don't want to deal with this or whatever the but case e- is. But even that, mm-hmm. even if you just decide not to sign. Because so first of all, if you decide to sign mm-hmm. on a house, you've inherited the problems. Right. 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 You've just decided this. I've, I've bought the house. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's mm-hmm. how that's the end of it. You're not really coming back for them. I mean, it's a litigious society, but good luck. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but good luck. So your alternatives then is that you could try to, again, negotiate to have a delay. Yeah. Delay. In the settlement to mm-hmm. try to have the problem fixed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but usually mm-hmm. by that last day mm-hmm. all the contingencies are gone it's done it's done you're expected done. to go in right uh, but you can't just like, I mean you could you could just accept the condition it's in but like right. at this point uh, there's going to be just a whole nother set of you know addendums and delays right. and all yeah. kinds of problems that can come in into play mm-hmm. I mean you could do that uh, do negotiate the extensions or whatever, or no, honestly, the best thing that I've drop seen the price. is <laughs> drop the price. Yeah, get mm-hmm. receive some sort of credit buyer or give credit as a seller. We literally just had one where there was termite damage. There was mm-hmm. the, it was repaired, but then there, apparently there was one other thing that was missed in those repairs. So to make sure the buyer can close on time, we had to do this addendum saying, hey, the seller will pay pay for the termite fixes that were missed. So it's like things like that. So again, it's really important to have a strong agent uh, on either side to represent you and to know what to do that will ultimately get you the best outcome to know at the end of the day, close on the home. So. So what is an example of a headache that you've had to deal with on the seller side? <sighs> on the seller side? getting it's 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 so mundane because it's one of the things that we asked for when we ratify uh getting the utilities it's yeah. actually it's actually pretty hard we we ended up not <laughs> getting them until like halfway through for some reason yeah but uh getting the utilities just because what we like to do for the other side is just get them as much information as possible and kind of make their process easier yeah uh and so we asked for utilities one that's one of the first things we send out is you know hey what are what's powering your your property send us to us so then by the time the week usually a week before uh, we send everyone out you know here are some final details on the um on the settlement for the buyers we send them the That's utilities such a great so they example. Can, yeah because it's nowhere in the contract so an agent might nope. forget about it entirely yeah you know it's yeah. like not their problem but yeah. it is <laughs> it, it, <laughs> because it you care is. about the 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 uh client's experience going well right um, I think about like if you're a part of an association, like a condo association. Oh my gosh! You, gotta, you know what? That's a that's a massive pain point for me, man. Tell me about Thank it. Thank you for triggering me. That, <laughs> HOAs, man, they are the worst. So from a listing perspective, how we do it is not as bad because yeah. we we have a our listing management team is incredible. Like mm-hmm. they get everything out ahead of time. When you're on the buy side, and we're requesting for these documents, that could take forever. That could take almost the, the half of the timeline because yeah. HOAs. 
oh my gosh i don't know i don't know what they're what they're what's trying their to deal do. like what's their deal why is it taking you like they three don't want weeks? the seller to sell i know <laughs> like and the thing with hoas when if a property is um has a hoa or a condo association attached to it you have to look at these ridiculous amount of documents within a three-day yep. span to uh, as a client and it's be like, like hundreds of pages it's amazing it's it, it, it's amazing the the numbers the 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 covenants and stuff like that like and, and rules and what you could do within a community it's amazing how we have to fight to to get those documents so yeah. the client can say yay or nay because that's another so, reason why you know you don't, a person could not want to purchase a home so so let's back up and clarify for people who have no idea what we're talking about they're yeah. like it doesn't say anything about this in my contract well, it's like well read the fine print it's in there yeah, sort it's of in there. it's checked off somewhere yeah <laughs> uh, but so the the thing to understand about these resale packets mm-hmm. is that if you're buying and selling a piece of real estate mm-hmm. Um, the buyer has to be informed mm-hmm. about what it is they're getting into. So right. by law, the buyer has a get-out-of-jail-free card, mm-hmm. three days long if it's an HOA, mm-hmm. five days long if it's a condominium association. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that clock starts ticking from the day that we receive it, Right. which means the seller uh, has to, to order and pay for this resale packet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Some of them do a good job of ordering this uh, early. Mm-hmm. Some of them don't. <laughs> Some of them don't. Don't until a week after or yep. after ratification. And, and, and part of that uh, packet is also they actually do a little inspection of the property yep. to mm-hmm. make sure that there's no... Uh, no violations or violations yeah yeah and that and that's the thing too what's kind of cool about those documents that they actually do track those violations in some way and so with the violations obviously that has to that needs to get taken care of once mm-hmm. it is then you have to do a reinspection from the hoa mm-hmm. um to then you know make sure that whatever the fix is is actually done and then they uh submit a, what they call a cure letter which is yep. pretty much confirming, hey, this the violation is clear. The, whatever the violations are, they're all fixed now. It's clear, so this property is good to go from yeah. from that standpoint. So, yeah, and uh, it's one of those gray areas too, where mm-hmm. the seller has to do that. Mm-hmm. Except if you get to the closing table and it still hasn't gotten done, mm-hmm. now you got a choice: are you going to sign and inherit the problems, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or are you going to hold your ground and litigate this thing? Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a yeah, it's amazing, man. HOA yeah. is just a whole wrench. Like, I, I, I personally don't want to see it. Like, anytime I'm looking <laughs> through that contract and I see no for HOA or condo, I'm like, oh, they got it. So one last thing to worry about. But, yeah, it's, it's something that we got to deal with. That's how yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah. And it's an interesting thing, too, because, like, from the perspective of the buyer, it's, it's, a, it's a protection. Mm-hmm. It's a way for you to get out of the deal if you mm-hmm. get cold feet. Right. Um, and so, in a way, it's almost nice when they delay getting it to you. Mm. Except if you actually get to the end of this thing, you've yeah. paid for the inspection, mm-hmm. you've paid for the rate lock, mm-hmm. you've paid for all these things, right? Mm-hmm. And then you find something in the HOA that actually is a turnoff right. for you, right? right. Like, I, like I'm thinking of maybe a uh, an investor mm-hmm. who like they want to do like a short term rental or something, sure. And then they find out there's some rule that says you gotta okay. rent this thing for 12 months or more, right? Yeah, <laughs> yep. So rules like that, and it, it kills you. That's why that's why it's so important to get those forms as, as soon as possible. Again, on yeah. the, when we do listings, we do a good job in getting that uh, out to the other side as soon as possible. Oh yeah. But yeah, sometimes these agents, and it's not even the agent's fault. It's just again, this is the HOA. Like they just take forever to get the documents. Like we could order something right. You could order documents the day of, and you won't get it till like the week before. 
and it's yeah. frustrating. It's, it's frustrating for the buyer because they yeah. need to know that information. So it's frustrating for the seller. And the seller. If like the seller basically accepts like a no contingencies offer, mm-hmm. and this is like the only way the buyer could wiggle out. Right. And then if the HOA drags their feet, and now like the buyer just gained two whole weeks mm-hmm. of like mm-hmm. get out of jail free time. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so we don't we don't want that. <laughs> don't want that. Don't want that if you're on a listing side. If but you're yeah. On a listing, if you're the seller, <laughs> if you're, if you're, if you're, you're the seller, you want those documents delivered yesterday. Right. <laughs> yeah. You. Right. You want it right Start that, that clock ticking. Want it right now. Right? Yeah. Uh, especially if they have like an info only uh, mm-hmm. inspection yeah. agreed to in the contract, mm-hmm. right? Because there are sometimes these scenarios where uh, a buyer will try to have their cake and eat it too. Yeah. Where they agree to do the home inspection for informational purposes only. Right. Right. Yep. And then they try to schedule that inspection to happen in the first three days. Mm-hmm. That way, if they do see something they don't like, right, they can right. use the HOA docs to get out. Right. Right. Yeah. So if you're on the listing side, you got to watch for that. Yeah. You got to know, like, hey, I agree to an info only inspection, but mm. we're going to do this on day four. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. way we have time for this other thing to expire. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. What's your biggest headache on the buy side? HOA. Still. <laughs> it's honestly just <laughs> the HOA. If the HOA is a killer. Um, yeah. It, yeah, it's just really that because you have other people doing their part, like on the lending side, uh, the financing piece. Like you got the lender just doing their thing. Um, they update you. A good one would update you on that. Yeah, just for, for the most part, as the as time gets closer to settlement day, we mm-hmm. just schedule everything out. That's relatively easy. Uh, we have a great uh, uh title partner so they make things very smooth for us at really at any point Mm. but um but yeah it's just that hoa thing what about is there any any advice some like common errors that you may have either noticed or headaches that you've even fixed in your own systems to Mm. make sure that uh this often overlooked detail gets covered anything come to mind it's a good question i think the big thing that i've learned over the last few months is is the communications with everybody involved uh whether they're directly impacted or not to allude to what you said earlier in regards to home inspections you're on the buy side and you need to schedule a home inspection and it's a vacant one letting the listing agent know it's like hey by the way our inspector is going to be there so in a century lock things you'll know why now just having just really just being over communicative uh, there's yeah. nothing wrong with that at at all. Just as long as you're just telling everyone what's going on at, at any given point yeah. that is going to impact the deal at the end of the day. Just being able to just over communicate and just for make sure, sure it's it's always great there. to have a record of like, hey, look, I called you and I texted you and yeah. I emailed you. So yeah. you got it three different ways. Yep. <laughs> I WhatsApped you. Like I I don't know. I DM'd what you else on right the, on the gram. Right. Like. <laughs> What are you? What are you doing? And and that's another thing too. I think if there is a headache, it's and I've had very few, but there have been agents on the other side mm-hmm. that just don't respond. And I don't know yeah. if it's a trend or something recently because it's <laughs> definitely growing for agents to not respond to their for their deals. But uh, it's oh my gosh, the worst is if they have a full voicemail. Yes, it's like fired. I was like, oh my gosh, fired immediately. And their, their text messages are probably full too somehow. Like I don't, yeah, I don't yeah. get like how how are you not yeah, I know. getting it's anything? Like they got no voicemail, and then it's like this is a landline. Right, when you text them. <laughs> right, and then they got an assistant who is also having trouble trying to track them down. Like it's that that's I, that's I, that's a I tough had, thing. I had an agent on the on the listing side. So, okay, so I had the dead HVAC on closing day scenario before. Yeah. And the listing agent was MIA. <laughs> Would not answer their phone. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. That's crazy. As like, well, well we're not Where signing. Yeah. The, the buyer and seller are at each, other, at each other's throats right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right? And so we had to kind of like 
find a way to just because I mean the seller was communicative the seller showed up mm. they weren't happy yeah. but they showed up and yeah. so we had to kind of clarify that yeah. that's just another example of like that that was only saved because one side fire mm-hmm. side, side was yeah. actually there to help kind of conflict res- resolve right. Right. but that seller um, man if, if, if they didn't fire their uh Man. Their listing agent. They're certainly not giving them a good review. Yeah, nope. Because that guy just was not there that's to represent crazy. their seller. That's crazy. And yeah. that's pretty much the oath that we have as agents. Like, so I'm, I'm licensed, obviously. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, that's kind of like our oath to so just make sure that we're doing it in the best interest of of not just our clients, but even sometimes the the other side too. In those cases, and uh, you know, we we put in all these hours to learn this stuff and to just make sure at the end of the day we just want them to have a home. So yeah. It's yeah, it's just crazy to me. The most simplest things, but as a as a transaction manager, it's it kills us sometimes. Yep. I'm like, dude, I can't. I don't know. Week of, we still haven't heard of anyone somehow close, but we still never heard of this agent. It's nuts. So yeah, yeah. it happens. Asher, <laughs> <laughs> Asher, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, I had a man. great time t- uh, chatting with you. I think we really kind of laid out a lot of. Uh, details about the transaction process that a lot of people just because they don't see it they don't touch it they don't realize what's happening yeah. behind the curtain absolutely right if anyone out there wants to get in touch with you ask you some questions kind of pick your brain what would you recommend yeah so I'm on Instagram I'm being more active on Instagram now so Asher at Asher I car or, or LinkedIn it's cool or Facebook whatever but uh, yeah Where and, uh, and I'm also going to do a plug for Asher here oh. he's got a book Oh, yeah, I do. From broke to bold. (laughs) All right. Oh, my goodness. A testimony into real estate through God, family, and business. Dude, you've got your own book. Self-published and everything. So that's a whole whole podcast there, too. Grab his book. Support Asher. He's a good man. And uh, I'd love to have you back on again in the future. Absolutely, man. I'd love to be back on. Appreciate it, man. All right. That's it, guys. Bye.